Hello, and welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. My name is James Early. Thanks so much for joining me today. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual lessons of God's love for each one of us and how to live that love in our daily lives. The goal is to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus with his focus on healing and salvation and his message that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number 13. The title for today's episode is, Let's Go Jump in the Jordan River. You know, I've been thinking about John the Baptist lately. All of a sudden, one day, his calling just kicked into high gear, and he started preaching his message of repentance. In effect, John the Baptist was saying, you've got to repent and have your hearts purified so you'll be able to accept what the Messiah says when he comes. Huge crowds were coming to him. There was a sense of anticipation with the Jewish people. They'd been hoping for years, for decades, for centuries, that the Messiah would come, and John is preparing the way for Jesus to actually show up. I got to wondering why John baptized people in the Jordan River. I had always focused before on what he was doing and not necessarily on where he was doing it. There were other places that people could have been baptized. There were other bodies of water. Why did John pick the Jordan River? Was it just because it was handy or was there something more going on here? So in thinking about that, I remembered the story of Naaman in the Old Testament who went to Elisha the prophet to be healed of his leprosy. Now, Naaman was a mighty man of valor. The Bible says he was a very important military commander. He was the captain of the Syrian army, so he was used to getting his way, and he thought he was pretty important. But when he goes to Elisha to ask to be healed, Elisha does not even come out to greet him. He sends his servant, and the message the servant gives Naaman is, go wash in the river Jordan seven times. Well, Naaman thought that Elisha would come out and make this bold declaration and see how important Naaman was and be impressed and call down the Spirit of God to heal him. And he got this simple little message to go dip seven times in that muddy river, the Jordan. That was crazy. Couldn't he go to the rivers of Damascus? They were much better rivers in Naaman's mind. And he stomped off. He was furious. He expected more attention to who he was and how important he was. Well, fortunately, his servants calm him down and convince him to follow those simple instructions. He goes down to the Jordan River and dips seven times in the river. And the Bible says this, His flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. That's in 2 Kings 5, verse 14. You can read that whole story in 2 Kings chapter 5. Naaman had to learn humility. He had to swallow his pride. He had to eat a big piece of humble pie. So I got to thinking, maybe the Jordan River metaphorically has something to do with washing away pride and becoming humble. That was certainly true for Naaman. And think about all those people that John the Baptist baptized in the Jordan River. It's one thing to admit your sins and repent in the privacy of your own home or with your family. 
But it's a whole nother thing to be out in public at the Jordan River in front of everybody and admit that you've made some mistakes and confess your sins. That's a whole nother level of repentance. And it requires a whole nother level of humility, too. So a little idea popped into my head. I started to wonder, what does the word Jordan mean in the original Hebrew? So I pulled out my Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. Yes, I like that big, heavy book in my lap sometimes. There's something very reassuring of having a big, heavy book sitting in your lap and you're looking up Bible words. I use the computer too sometimes, but I love that big, heavy book in my lap. I looked up the word Jordan, and wouldn't you know it, the word Jordan, Yarden, means descender. It comes from a root word, Yarad, which means to descend, to go downwards. Just picture the topography of the Holy Lands, and you can see how this name originated. The Jordan River descends from an elevation of 9,232 feet above sea level to the low point where it enters the Dead Sea at 1,365 feet below sea level. That's a lot of descending. That's over 10,000 feet descent that the Jordan River goes through. There you've got it in plain Hebrew. The Jordan River is the descending river. It's the river to take you down from your pride. It's the humbling river. It's the river of humility. This was such a wonderful aha moment. But you know when that happens, something else always comes next. So I asked God, what am I supposed to do with this information? And instantly the reply was, dip seven times in the river of humility. And what is that supposed to mean? Maybe even I need to be humble. Who knew? Well, it's usually pretty obvious. We all need to be more humble. So I start thinking about how to wash myself seven times in the river of humility. And this got me to thinking about the seven spirits of God that's mentioned in the book of Revelation in chapter 3, 4, and 5. What are these seven spirits of God? What are these essences or natures of God, these seven aspects of who God is? The Bible refers to God in so many different ways. What did John have in mind when he was writing about the seven spirits of God? Well, as I mentioned in the very first episode of this podcast, I'm a member of the Christian Science Church, which was started by Mary Baker Eddy. In her writings, she comes up with seven names for God, which she took from her study of the Bible to bring out this fullness of God's nature, these seven aspects of who God is. I took those seven names for God, the seven spirits of God. I looked at God in these seven ways, and I then humbled myself to that aspect of God's nature or God's being. I got to tell you, this process took about two or three hours. And it had a really profound effect on me. It's really hard to put into words, but I felt like I was breathing for the very first time in my life. It was such a sense of freedom. And the spiritual peace that I felt is really hard to put into words. So during this process, I wrote down in my journal the ideas that came to me as I was getting baptized in the humble river. And every time I go back and read those pages, I am inspired all over again to keep an attitude of humility in my relationship to God. Now, I'm going to go through these very briefly, and I invite you to join me. Come with me. Let's jump in the Jordan River seven times together. 
let's be washed completely free of all the ills of the flesh and all the sins and all the burdens that you may have in your heart, all the hurt feelings because of what people have done to you or situations that have happened, all the grudges you have towards someone else or the things that you've done wrong to someone else, all that needs to be washed away. And as we dip seven times It represents this full submission to God's complete nature in every aspect of our lives and in every aspect of who God is. So the first spirit of God or name for God was divine principle. It's looking at God as the supreme ruler, the divine governing principle of all creation. Think about submitting yourself to the divine governing power that runs the universe. We have to surrender all our personal desires to be in charge of running things, whether it's at work, at home, at church. You are not the originator of any activity. God is. You're not the one in charge. God is. You're not the director or the producer or the choreographer of events. God is. Everything depends on him, not on you and not on me. We have to do the things that God gives us to do, and he gives us lots of abilities and wisdom and intelligence and power and all those talents and gifts that he gives us. But God is the one in charge, and he's directing us what to do. It's not up for us to decide how things have to work out. So we have to strive to do God's will and not our own. I invite you to be the humble servant of God with gratitude in your heart for all that he is doing. Okay, time to jump in the second time. God is the creator, the divine mind, the source of all intelligence and wisdom. So let's jump in that. It's time to surrender to God as the source of all intelligence, wisdom, and action. I'm not the source You are not the source, and we have to relinquish the desire to be the source. I'm not the originator of the inspiration that comes to me. You are not the originator or source of the inspiration of the ideas that come to you. They come from God. God is the source. And we have to get to the point where we don't need personal acknowledgement or recognition for some idea that we have. How many times have I gotten a great idea and I think, oh my gosh, I've got to share this and get credit for it. Really, we have to give God the credit because he's the one that gave us the idea in the first place. Every good idea that you have comes from God. We have to give him the credit for it. All we have to do is to think and be and do what God tells us to. I don't have any wisdom or intelligence of my own. It all comes from God. This is true about you too. You reflect God's wisdom and intelligence. And we have to put our foot down that we refuse to be beguiled by the serpent to think that we can be a little God unto ourselves. That was what Eve got snookered into, to believing that she could be a God. This is a blow to the human ego, by the way, because that's what the human ego is, thinking that it's a little God. Well, we have to give that up because we are not a little God. We have to acknowledge that God is is the divine mind, the source of all intelligence and wisdom, and that we are not. Okay, let's jump in the third time to the Jordan River. God is the divine being 
essence or soul of the universe, of all that is good and harmonious, everything that is pure and holy. That means we need to surrender to God's holiness, to his purity, to the absolute goodness of God's soul or being. Now, we don't usually think of God of having a soul, but there are places in the Bible where God talks about his soul. One of them is in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1. This is God talking. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. That's a prophecy of the coming Messiah. God's soul delights in the Messiah, of course. God is the source or soul of all that is good and harmonious, all that is pure and holy. Whatever bit of purity and holiness and goodness or righteousness that you express comes from God. You didn't come up with it on your own. It comes from God. You are not the source. I am not the source of holiness, of beauty, of harmony, of grace. God is. You and I cannot create harmony or holiness in ourselves or in anybody else. You can't make somebody else be holy. You can't make yourself be holy. God alone does this. So we have to surrender, and here's where the humility comes in. We have to surrender all impure, self-centered, limited desires. As the image and likeness of God, you and I reflect his entire nature that is pure and holy. And we can worship God in this beauty of holiness, God's holiness, not ours. Okay, so now it's time to jump in the fourth time. God is omnipotent and omnipresent spirit. God is always available, capable, and willing to guide and protect us. So let's jump into this omnipresence of spirit. Let's bathe and wash in the omnipotence of God's being. We have to surrender to God as the divine spirit. It represents God's presence, God's existence. And think of it being everywhere, completely filling the universe. God's spiritual nature is the only really lasting substance of the universe. God's allness and wholeness as spirit is what inspires us to think right thoughts and do the right thing and be the right kind of person that Jesus wants us to be. God is the source of this inspiration for all mankind. As you surrender to God as spirit filling the whole universe, inspiring all mankind, you have to give up the desire to be a personal motivator for yourself or anybody else. Sure, you can still say things to help people, but whatever you're saying, it's coming because God is impelling you. It's not coming from within you personally. And you know what? You can trust God to speak to everyone directly. Our desire, our purpose, our goal has to be to glorify God's presence, not our own. Now for the fifth time jumping in the river of humility, God is life itself, the eternal divine source of life. Let's jump deep down into that idea that God is our life, that our life is spiritual Surrender to that. Your life is not so much flesh and bones. That's not who you really are. It's spiritual. It's divine. It's eternal. And it's indestructible. That's who you really are spiritually made in the image and likeness of God. You are not the creator of life. 
Neither am I. God is the creator of life, and he gives it to us. There's only one source of life, and that is God. We're a manifestation of this life. We're like the little beam of light shining out from the sun. Take a moment to be grateful that you know that God is your life. And we learn this from Jesus. He proved that death was powerless and that life is eternal. Okay, the sixth name for God is truth. God is the only basis of spiritual reality or what is true. So let's jump into that. Let's, let's bathe in the fact that God is truth itself. What God is, is true. What God is not, is not true. We surrender to God as the only basis of what is spiritually true and real. So whatever is real to God has to be real to you and me. Whatever is not real to God, whatever is not true to God or about God, has no attraction or appeal to us, and it doesn't have any power over us. You cannot be fooled by the lies and the decoys of the serpent when you submit and surrender to the fact that God is truth. Now, you don't have to make God's truth be true. Jesus said he came to bear witness to the truth, not to make it true. It was already true. Jesus also said, know the truth and the truth will set you free. So let's acknowledge right now and be grateful that God has revealed truth over many centuries and that we still have that truth today. When God reveals his truth to us, we can know it. We can experience it. We can live it. It's not your truth or my truth. It's God's truth. He is the source of the truth. We are not. And you and I have the wonderful privilege of sharing this truth with whoever God puts in our path. Okay, there's one more time that we need to jump in the river of humility, one more name or spirit of God that we need to bathe in, and that is the fact that God is love. We need to dive deeply into the presence of divine love. The Bible says God is love. There is nothing more profound than to feel a sense of God's presence as divine love. So let's jump in this seventh time into God's nature as love. We need to surrender to the eternal, ever-present divine love as the only true motivating and nurturing power in all creation. All God does and all that God causes us to do is through his love for us. So you can surrender all your fears, all the past hurts in history, all your unfulfilled hopes and dreams to divine love's purpose for you today. And God, as love, causes you to love others and himself and causes you to feel loved by him and by others. Your ability to love and to be loved comes from God. It's not some power of your own. It's not some human effort. It's not some psychological mind game on your part. It's not an intellectual exercise. The only reason we can love is because God loves first. He's the source. We are not. You know, sometimes we're afraid to love as much as we think we need to. We think we don't know how to, or we're afraid people will misunderstand it. But with God's help, there is never any reason to be afraid to love as much as Jesus did. So you and I can surrender to God's absolute love for all his children. So there you have it. These are just a few of the ideas I had when 
thinking about the River Jordan. And, you know, when, when I came up for air after these seven dips in the River of Humility, I was a different person. My ego was stopped in its tracks. I felt so humble and so washed clean of human pride and fear and past mistakes and, you know, resentments toward people for things they'd done to me, all that stuff. It was all gone. I just felt in the holy presence of God. Just listening to this episode is not the same thing as you doing it for yourself. I really invite you, in whatever way works for you, go down to the River Jordan and bathe seven times Be baptized seven times in the river of humility. However it works for you, find that sense of humility in God's presence that he's the one in charge. He is the source. He is the creator. You are not a little entity unto yourself. You are a reflection of God. You are made in his image and likeness. He has created us. We didn't create ourselves. This is a holy, sacred practice. It takes more than five minutes. It took me two or three hours to get through this and really consciously think about all these things and engage with these ideas. So I invite you, whether it's in one fell swoop or over a period of days, to go jump in the River Jordan seven times. Bathe in the humility of being in God's presence. I would love to hear from you. If this was helpful, I'd love to hear how your time in the Jordan River, what were the aha moments for you in this process? What did you learn about yourself and how to be more humble in God's presence? You can go to the show notes for this episode. It's thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 013. This is episode 13. And leave a comment at the bottom of the show notes page. I would really appreciate hearing from you. Now, on another note... Last week, I talked about 20 ways to follow Christ in 2020, and each week we're going to take the next one on the list for the coming week. So last week, the idea was to love God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. This week, our topic that we're going to work on together is to fast and pray, whether you have to get up early or stay up all night, and to fast from all negative thoughts about yourself and others. You can find this list of 20 ways to follow Christ on the show notes page for last week's episode, which is episode 12. So that is thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 012. And there's a little link there you can click to download the list. If this is the first time you've been to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, I'm so grateful you're here, and I encourage you to subscribe. That way you won't miss an episode because we've got a lot of cool things coming up in the future. And we're working on this project together the next several weeks, 20 Ways to Follow Christ in 2020. Each week, we'll take the next one on the list. So I hope you'll participate in that. A lot of people have asked me what they could do to be supportive of the Bible Speaks to You podcast. You know, right now, there are a couple of things. First, I would really appreciate it if you would share this with a friend, someone that needs a little encouragement in their life. That would mean a whole lot to me. And the other thing is, if you haven't already subscribed, you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Let me know what you think. And if there's something you'd like me to talk about, let me know that too. I'd love to have this kind of a virtual conversation here about what's helpful. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you can find me at The Bible Speaks to You. I'm going to close here. 
I want to thank you so much for being part of this community. I really appreciate your support. And so we'll talk next week. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm here to help you learn to pray more effectively, to experience God's healing and redeeming power. And as we all do this together, to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus. God bless you and we'll see you next week.